Hey, greetings, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Staredown. It's our weekly sports talk and real estate podcast amongst old friends. I'm Sean Carpenter in Columbus, Ohio. We got Bill Risser down in St. Pete, Florida. Todd Meininger in Cumming, Georgia. Anthony Malafronte in Tampa, Florida. And joining us from the Pacific Northwest, our NBA correspondent and old friend, Shea Brewer. Long time no see. What's up, brothers? Bill, how are you? How was your trip to, uh, you just gave us a little green room uh, recap, but just give the listeners a little, yeah. little recap of your weekend. Mm-hmm. I just got got a chance to play the ocean course at Kiowa Island. You, you know, I got to play with Kevin. He We tied the first day, which felt like a huge win for me. And then True Colors came out. He, he kind of whooped me on on uh, Saturday in the wind. But just a beautiful place. Um, you know, we we were we stayed in an Airbnb that was a couple hundred yards from the clubhouse for Turtle Point, uh, which was really neat. And, you know, we used that as our cut through. We would walk down a couple of holes to cut over to the beach, you know, because we were about a, you know, uh, half a mile from the beach uh, and just had a great time. Found a nice brewery, Sean. I'm going to give you the, the lowdown on Low Tide Brewery, uh, halfway between Kiowa and uh, Charleston. So there's one for you to try and uh, had a great time. There are two nights. We went on there Friday. The tagline, Low Tide and High Times? Low Tide and High Times. No, I didn't say that. I should have. Right? That would be, okay. <laughs> Sean, that would be the outlaws. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so anyways, that's that was my weekend. It was fantastic. Now it's back to work time. The vacation's over. Um, who Who's up? Todd? I think Todd, yeah. Yeah. Is it me? Um, yeah, great, great weekend. Um, as always, uh, followed sports. Uh, actually played tennis yesterday, and it was so hot. It was unbelievable. I mean, <laughs> we've had such a mild summer, and it's it's – Full on full court press. We played at four o'clock yesterday afternoon, and good lord, it was it was so hot. Um, so uh, super happy. Um, Fifteen minutes before my match, I got the Sunday not guaranteed phone call for my son. Um, nice. He's doing great, nice. and uh, I was a little nervous. I was afraid he's going to call during my match, and you know I'd have to uh, threaten retirement. But uh, talked to him; he's doing good. He said it's hard, but um, he'll make it. And um, looking forward to talking to you all and super humble and uh, and blessed always to talk to you, Sean, Bill and uh, Anthony. But gosh, we've got Shane in the rotation. That's just it's a bonus Monday, right? It's awesome. Nice. Mal, how about you, bud? How was your golf therapy this weekend? Once again, another wow. weekend without Mr. Risser with you. We did. And, uh, you know, Bill will appreciate this. Sean, you played there just last week. I had a very good round of golf going. I come into, we started, Bill, on uh, on 15. Excuse me. No, we started on 13. So we're ending on your mother's ass. Okay. Bummer. I, I make an all-world bogey on 15. I got a really bad break. And uh, ball hit a rake. And bounded dead right. It was like crazy. But I still Rakes. got, I made bogey. On on ten, okay. I made R on eleven. I get to twelve. I hit the green on twelve in two. Five wow. wood in the middle of the fairway. Eight iron to the right side of the green. The pin is in the back left. Yeah, I had putted exceptionally well all day yesterday. I rode with Carney. I didn't walk. I rode. Okay, we played with Brian and another guy. And Carney's talking as we're driving up, you know, I'm so glad you changed your putter on and on. I four putted number 12 on your mother's ass for double bogey. Oh, shit. (laughs) No, wait. Your front left the first one way short? Way short on the first one and then way long on the second? I was was mercilessly short on the first one and blasted the next one (laughs) so far past the hole. And you know what it did when it got to the hole because you know exactly where it was. It It took a dead hard left and went down the hill. And I was about seven feet away. And I smacked that one past the hole. And it took my four putt and walked home. Oh, Ah, brutal. And I played really well up until then. Played really well up until that one I know your pain. Brutal. All right. Any, any updates that, on uh, any updates on the uh, the house in uh, St. Pete? In uh, you know, Sean. Interestingly, I don't want to get into too much real estate, but we have now made two separate offers. The seller refuses to counter any offer. 
they're holding out for their full price or they're not going to sell the home. Wow. And this is the first time this has ever happened to me. I started dealing with Petra, the nice woman that we met. Right, right, right. Uh, interestingly, you'll appreciate this, Carp. She she came down with a bout of vertigo um, and had to kind of step away. So I was dealing with her associate, Scott. Scott could not deal with the sellers. He goes to Bermuda. So now I'm dealing with the broker. So this is the first time in my 17-year real estate career on trying to get one deal together. I've dealt with three different agents in a matter of eight days Jeez, on a property that no one can get the seller to, to even enter into a conversation, which is kind of interesting. Oh. Yeah. Well, clearly the market has told him his number is not the number, right? That's, so. and you know, I had a really good conversation with the broker today. Uh, uh, and his comment to me was, Hey, if you have something that can help me, get these people to figure out why they need to continue this conversation. Let me know. And I, we had a very candid conversation about what he possibly could say. And he's a smart guy. I don't think it's going to happen. We'll see. Wow. We'll see. Uh, uh, but the other part of our little, with my, uh, when Carp was in Tampa, Bill, uh, we uh, spent some time with another client of mine that I'm going to own that whole street before the right. West Hider. Down, down past uh, Raymond James Stadium. That that yeah. entire neighborhood is going to be mine before it's over. Nice. That's work. Nice. That's working out exceptionally well. Nice. <laughs> Everybody's happy. Uh, the the both buyers, the the, the daughter, the, the other house that we're listing up in Riverview. It's all just coming out so nice. Todd, I'm already hey. seeing it in my head. We're going to do a little video of Mal driving down the street. And a little West Tampa fadeaway is playing in the background. <laughs> thanks, thanks for putting the RE in the stare down. Nice. I can't, I can't wait. I can't wait, Carp. I can't wait. Hey, let's go to our uh, long-term uh, friend and uh, former correspondent here on the stare down, Shea Brewer, uh, joining us from the Pacific West. Uh, what's up, Shea? How's things out in lovely Oregon? Oh, things are great here. Can't complain. Sun's out. Haven't had rain in a while. NBA finals just ended. It's actually draft week already. So uh, I'm busy. I'm excited. And I'm happy to be on with you guys today. Good, man. Hey, it's, so good to see. it's not just sun's out. The sun's out, guns out. Damn, I just saw you reach up and scratch your head. Wow. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> he just want to show his tat. You want to show his tat. Hey, that's nice. Nice. Well, Bill, before we get to the sports, let me just uh, let me just talk about um, – I. Uh, <laughs> I uh, had a good round of golf this weekend, uh, made a couple birdies. Always nice, guys, when you birdie your last hole. I made like a 30-foot bomb. I had a little Men's Golf Association shramble. So everybody everybody tees off. You pick your best tee ball. Then everybody plays in their own ball from there, two-man best ball from there. Uh, fun time. We put up a 19-under par, and then it turns out the first group of the day, uh, anchored by one Kevin Carpenter, put up a <laughs> put up a 27-under par. And, oh, uh, oh, my God. Took, yeah, took took first place. So yeah, he's 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 Kevin's got, got an eraser on his uh his pencil. <laughs> Kevin is playing good right now. Um, but a good weekend and uh excited for uh, what's coming up, guys. I just gotta, you know, book my flight to go pick up Ryan and we gotta take him down to Mississippi State. But let's talk, let's talk sports, and we always start with championships. It's so cool to have Shay on tonight because since our last show, a championship was passed out in the National Basketball Association, Milwaukee Brewers win their first championship in 50 years. Or the Bucks, whichever one you want to. Or, sorry, Milwaukee Brewers. Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, Milwaukee Bucks. Um, 50 years. Giannis, unbelievable game six. Uh, hits his 50 points. Only missed two free throws. Um, just played absolutely lights out. Chris Paul, Devin Booker. They fall a little bit short. Let's just go right to you, Shay. Just recap what we saw in the championship series between two kind of rising star teams and a, and a player who clearly has earned his, his first championship trophy in Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah, two-time MVP Giannis. Uh, it was an interesting finals to me. I think it was very entertaining from the very beginning. Um Milwaukee made a lot of adjustments throughout the series. After going down 0-2 in Phoenix, 
they came back and um their their defensive on the defensive ends where they made the most changes uh their screening roll coverage and how they attacked phoenix uh put the pressure on the suns what i found very interesting on the adjustments that coach Boonhauser and the uh and the bucks made phoenix as far as defensive efficiency and when we look at opponents field goal percentage has one of the top three opponent field goal percentages in playoff history, as long as that's been kept as a stat. So Phoenix really, I mean, Milwaukee really put the clamps down on Phoenix, which was a top five offensive efficiency team in the regular season headed into the playoffs. And I think that was the difference there. Yes, Giannis put up 50 in the final games. Yes, they uh, Chris Middleton played extremely well and Drew Holiday led the team in assists. But on the defensive end, defense still wins championships. And that was really exciting for me to see. It, it, it doesn't matter the sport. Defense wins championships. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was it was uh, th- that last game. I mean, Giannis had a had a, a mission, didn't he? I mean, he was he was solid. Yeah, he was. He was. And that's been that's been kind of the 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 knock on on Giannis in the playoffs and the knock on Milwaukee is is their inability to make adjustments on the fly. And Giannis's ability to really take over a game and, and play like a two-time MVP, um, and, and it was really cool to see Giannis do that not only in game in game five and in game six, but coming off that knee injury that he suffered in game seven of the Atlanta series, um, he had a, a pretty bad knee injury, and it was questionable if he would even play in the finals. And for him to step up in the way he did it was really awesome. Nice, Todd, Bill, Anthony. Did you guys watch any of the? Kind of the last last game there. Yeah, I, I watched I, every uh, minute of I, the last two games, which is unlike me. And uh, Giannis is a great story, isn't he? Uh, I didn't realize, not being the, uh, the NBA aficionado that that Shea is for sure, and you guys, how long he'd been in the league, how skinny he was when he got drafted, <laughs> and what he had come from to what he is now. It's a pretty amazing story. Uh, the NBA couldn't ask for a better situation. That uh, was a. It was. I watched both final games, every minute of them, and they were spectacular. To, to your point, Anthony, a lot of people don't realize Giannis put on sixty pounds and dropped four percent body fat since he's been in the league. Sixty pounds yeah. of sheer muscle. Wow. You. I mean, I, he she- doesn't look like. The, the picture they showed of him and the video that you saw of him when he was drafted um, to now, he doesn't really look like the same person, although you could see the glimmer in his eyes and the humility that he has. Uh, the, mm. you know, there, there's a certain humility to him and, his, and his, where he came from and what his parents had to sacrifice. That is good for sport, and it's good for the NBA to have a star like that in the spotlight right now. Yeah, and Shay, you'll appreciate that. Uh, you know, I was watching. I, I, I raised my hand. I told these guys for weeks. I, I was a bandwagon Hawks guy, right? Uh, I barely watched the regular season. Um, they made an amazing run, and they had Milwaukee on the ropes, right? And Giannis got hurt, and Trey got hurt, and um, I. It, it was fun to to see. I guess Trey and Giannis are two rising superstars. Um, but yeah, what a what a transformation he's made. It's uh Bucks have been won since 71. I mean, just just a great story, right? It was it was fun to watch. Fun to watch. Tough, tough to watch if you were rooting for the Suns, though. <laughs> if you lived in Phoenix for right? 17 years. Up 2-0, Chris Paul. Do nothing in four, four and four, yeah, right? Yeah. Yes. And really took care of him both games, like you said, Shay, that you know, they're um <clears throat> The defense hadn't caught up yet, that and the uh, the the Suns' offense was I mean, like I don't know how many people said this, but after Game One, they're all talking about you know Booker as like the next Kobe. You heard all kinds of crazy talk about how good he was. You know he's he's going to be, but uh, you know then I'll t- you know watching CP three just get just trounced in Game Three by um, oh help me out with the name Shay. Holiday. 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 Who was the holiday? 
Drew, Drew Holiday. Yeah, Drew, yeah. Drew Holiday. Unbelievable. And then, and then you know, the Suns made some adjustments, though, right? I mean, the, that, that sort of pressure defense didn't work anymore. They were able to, you know, work some different schemes to get the ball up across half court and all that good stuff. But still, overall, um, the Suns just couldn't uh, keep up with that, that level of intensity. And it kind of makes sense because the Bucs have been that team for the last three or four years, just couldn't get going, couldn't get moving, played great during the regular season, couldn't win at all. It's appropriate, just like it was appropriate for the uh, Las Vegas Golden Knights to not beat the Caps in that NHL final in their first season. It's very appropriate that the Bucks got this win. The Suns have a good young team. They'll they'll replace CP3 somewhere down the road with somebody hopefully that can you know help them get over the hurdle. We'll see. But I mean, I, I know that. Um, and Shay, you can talk about this. The the, the, uh, the kind of like the seas parted for the Suns to make it to the finals this year. Everything just kind of opened up, you know, with injuries and uh, teams that they played that weren't in full strength. But hey, you know, you can only play the people that they put in front of you. So, well, Shay, let's do this. The same thing could be said for the from Milwaukee, right? True. The, with I mean, the Nets being hurt, right? I mean, they're, 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 uh, What's his name's big toe away from a three pointer and not being in the finals. Uh, he was uh, his big toe on what, what's the guy uh, Kevin Durant, big yeah. toe on the line. Oh, he yeah, gets yeah. changed to a two, and 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 those injuries that the Nets had. I mean, it could be argued the Nets were the best physical team, but were they the best team? I don't know. Uh, but they would have been out of the game without that one moment. Yep. Yeah. So Shay, before we, we I want to hit a couple other NBA things while we got you on, but let, let, let's play let's play Amazon rankings. I'm going to give you three players on each of the teams. You got one to four, one to five stars. Um, <laughs> Giannis, I'm going to assume you're going to give five stars, just because he is the absolute I, best I, of, the, of the two teams. I'll give five stars, but not for the reason that you may suspect. Mm. Um, not necessarily for the fifty burger that he put up in Game Six, but his defensive awareness where he's, mm. he's all over the lane, he's blocking shots, he's switching screens, he's just causing chaos with active hands. That is what earns him five stars, not necessarily the 50 points. The free throw shooting was kind of suspect until you got to game six. So, Okay, so so it, let's let's play this out a little bit. If, if Milwaukee sends you a survey afterwards saying, like, what can we do to make Giannis better in 2022, what, what makes him a better player in 2022? What makes Giannis a better player is elevating his game to the next level. Um, maybe some isolation in the low post, which is something they did game five. They ran a two-man game with Chris Middleton and Giannis with a side pick and roll. But I would spend more time with Giannis in the low post as opposed to the high post beelining to the basket. Giannis spends a lot of time hanging out the three-point line and just straight line drives. If you catch yeah. him in the low post and you work on his pivots a little bit, kind of similar to the way Kobe evolved his game the older he got, um, you take away his uh, his shooting deficiencies, <laughs> and you create a, a just a monster inside because of his strength and his size. Okay, let's go next one on the same team. Let's go, Chris Middleton. Where do you rank well, him? First off, Sean, we got to give Chris Middleton some love, man. I know you guys are SEC guys here. <laughs> Chris Middleton's story is amazing, right? A&M. We got, I mean, coming out of Texas A and M. You know, getting a shot at the league, failing at the league, going to the G League, and then he comes back, and now he's an NBA champion. He uh, he leaves after being a champion, goes over, and he's playing on the Olympic team, and he just never gave up, and just a, a sheer, uh, just a bucket, as the kids will say nowadays. He'll get you a point, and he'll get you a bucket whenever you need it. Chris Middleton's, Chris Middleton's five him. stars. Hmm. Nice. Five stars? Wow. He plays great oh, defense, okay. doesn't he? Um and that shot he made, oh my god! Well, that he shot he made at the end of this game six. That was as clutch as the shot as there was. As much as we talk about Giannis scoring, late game scenarios, you're drawing up a play for Chris Middleton. You're not drawing up a play for Giannis if you need a point. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think he can he can he can do so much from the three point line into the lane that you know you wouldn't think. All right, one more on the on the on the on the Bucks. Drew Holiday. Uh, you know, journeyman around the league, but man, what a fit they found for him on that team. What, what, what do you, what kind of ranking do you give Drew Holiday? How this one may here? surprise you a little bit. I'm going to go three stars on Drew Holiday. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, I, I go three stars on Drew Holiday. Um, 
offensively, he he forced it a lot. He forced to get involved, whether it be uh, ill-advised shots or or even turnovers down the stretch. Sure, he did a great job defending Chris Paul, but offensively, he could have done a little bit better. Um, and honestly, I don't know how much you see of Drew Holiday if, if Dante DiVincenzo wouldn't hurt in that series. Yeah, probably that's probably true. All right, let's go. Let's go to the other side of the ball. Uh, first of all, Shay, what do you think this series, this season? Uh, did for Phoenix basketball. They, you know, there's so many big names out West, you know, from, from obviously the two LA teams, you got Denver had the best record in basketball. You got Portland, which we're going to, we're going to hit on in just a second, but what, what do you think this, this meant for Phoenix to get this close again? Well, I think, I think Bill can speak on this. I think it means everything yeah. for, for those fans out in the Valley. Um, they haven't seen Phoenix this close since Thunder Dan Marley. So Barkley, right? <laughs> and Charles. Yeah, Barkley and Marley. And uh, yeah, so th- those teams there. Um, but what it does, it this team was very reminiscent of the Detroit Pistons team that won a championship in the, in the early 2000s. A um, lot of role players. Everyone kind of knew their role, understood their role. And between James Jones in the front office and Monty Williams, they kind of coached their way to the top. Everyone wants to give the attention to Chris Paul, but Phoenix didn't just come out of nowhere. They've had a great regular season. They were a number two seed coming out of the West. And and Chris yeah. Paul is an aging veteran point guard. I mean, when you look at guys like Campaign coming off the bench and you got Jay Crowder and you got uh, Cam Johnson out of North Carolina. Yes, it's a shameless North Carolina shout out. Uh, <laughs> and, and even DeAndre, Ay- DeAndre Ayton. A lot of people don't understand. DeAndre Ayton went playing basketball five years ago. This guy comes out of the Bahamas and he's a volleyball player. He goes yeah. to Arizona for a year and then comes into the NBA. Well, let's let's start with him. Uh, star potential, uh, star rating, Amazon star rating on DeAndre Ayton, number one pick three years ago. Uh, kind of coming into his own two year, technically two years ago. He's been the second year in the season in the in the league. What kind of rating do you give him? I give him four stars. I give him four okay. stars. Uh, the thing about Ayton, I, I I look back at game four and game five where this guy has a double-double at halftime, and then he just disappeared for a quarter and a half. You can't do that in the NBA Finals. The Milwaukee doesn't really have an inside presence, and you can't disappear. You have to be a force. When you're that big and you're that strong, you've got to be a force. Yeah. Okay. Um, we'll leave Paul to the end. Devin Booker. Upside on Devin Booker. Devin Booker, I'll go four stars as well. Um, defense, defensively, he just lacks. He lacks um, offense. That's where I, that's where I think the Kobe Bryant bill, the Kobe comparison fails is the. Yeah, but defense. maybe maybe Kobe in his second year wasn't as you know wasn't the defensive wizard that he yeah, was. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, eighteen years, and maybe he'll grow into it. You don't know though. Yeah. Right. And 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 something about Devin Booker, his demeanor on the court is a lot different from Kobe. Yeah. Um, when you talk about just alpha males, and and PJ Tucker had a great quote in uh in the in the uh on the parade speech and he said uh you know we've got some dogs around here they just didn't know how to be dogs Devin Booker just doesn't have the dog in him mm. and uh and that's the difference where you, you have that just go getter and just that sheer will and determination and he Devin never Booker had that at, at Kentucky either right I mean he never never needed it at Kentucky because there was other dogs on that team you know right all right finish this up with with Chris Paul uh more than likely you know gonna probably I, I'm gonna guess he'll retire um, maybe not, but boy, he, he, no, you don't think so. <laughs> no. He looked like, I don't think he, so. he looked tired in the last three or four games. He, he, he made bad turnovers. He dribbled into traffic. He fell down. His, his defense was miserable. How many stars do you give Chris Paul? Yeah, I'm going to go three stars on Chris Paul. Yeah. I'm going to go three stars on Chris Paul. Chris Paul's a, uh, typically he's more of a maestro. And sets everybody up and kind of creates for everyone. But Chris Paul is normally uh, his mid-range game, his elbow jumpers are normally on. I-, I didn't see it at all in the finals. Didn't see it at all in the finals. He turned the ball over down the stretch. He's older. He can't really. Uh, he doesn't have that lateral movement uh, as far as defensively goes. And I think he just came up a little short. I don't think this is the the last we see of Chris Paul. I know that he did opt out of his extension in Phoenix. Uh, he's kind of betting on himself and looking to make some money, but I, I think Chris Ball has probably two more years in the league. Really? And from what I'm hearing, if if he doesn't stay in Phoenix because he does enjoy Phoenix, um, 
he'll probably stay on a Western Conference team, and it might surprise you guys when it's all said and done. Ah, uh, heading to Portland. He's heading to Portland. <laughs> nah, I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go You're that far. But, uh, <laughs> L.A. You're going to L.A. Think he goes I to L.A. Think, somewhere? I can see him being a Laker. Shay, I'd love to ask you. I mean, my, my son is a Wake Forest graduate, so we're big Chris Paul fans. He was there while Gregory was there. In my estimation, and I could be completely wrong, he doesn't appear to be a closer Every time he's had the opportunity to play well in a championship, play well in a big game from college to today, he really doesn't – he hasn't pulled it off. Well, we've never really seen him in a championship role except for – well, no, because he didn't even play in the ACC championship uh, when <laughs> no. he was at Wake. They lost they didn't the get as far as he made. Yeah, exactly. when he was at Wake. Um the thing about Chris Paul that was interesting, and I think it's getting overlooked a lot. We want to jump on him. Chris Paul's a competitor, and he's going to compete. Um, Chris Paul ran into a lot of injuries, too, whether it was early in the playoffs when he had the shoulder injury in the Lakers series. Um, he had a nagging hamstring in the NBA Finals. Remember, Chris Paul missed game one of the NBA Finals um, because he was in COVID protocol as well. So we kind of overlook a lot of those factors, and, and and don't get me wrong, it's a long season, health comes into play, but when you're 35, 36 years old, it's a really big deal. You know, you don't bounce back as soon as, uh, as quick as these 21, 22-year-olds do. Um, all right, really quick, Shay, co- convenient to where you're at, uh, Brooks signs his coach at Portland. You excited about that? Chauncey Billups. Oh, Billups. Where, where did Brooks go? <laughs> Brooks went somewhere. Brooks. Scott Brooks is here, but he's an assistant coach. Oh, okay. Chauncey Billups signed. Yeah, okay, Scott I thought, Brooks is the head okay. assistant on Chauncey's staff, but Chauncey, uh, Chauncey right. got signed. As Bill, fix coach. that in edit. No, no, I'm leaving it in. That's the best part. <laughs> Chauncey Billups. You, you excited about that? I, I knew they had a new hey, coach. To air is human, Sean. To air is human. Yes. I thought it was Scott Brooks. Sorry. What, are you guys excited about Cha- Chauncey? Will he keep Lillard and um, – uh, um, the other shooter, uh, CJ, uh, CJ McCollum. Yeah. Um, there's there's mixed feelings around the city about Chauncey. Um, there's some character questions uh, from an incident a few years ago, which he has come out and he's addressed, and and things have been settled outside of court. But um, in Portland, um, with the social climate here in Portland, they're very uh, they're very curious about mm. how that's going to go. Um, I will say that with the hire of Chauncey, it was it was instrumental in keeping Damian Lillard even to this point because they do have a personal relationship. So I think that, that may have factored in it a little. Um, and when it came down to the final two candidates, it was Chauncey, Chauncey Billups or Becky Hammond, which would have been the first female coach in the NBA. I think that that relationship out that relationship with Dame is what uh, won Chauncey the job ultimately. Okay. All right, good call. And let's let's finish off with the draft coming up. As you said, I think it's foregone conclusion. Cade Cunningham going to be the number one pick out of Oklahoma State. Is that pretty much a foregone conclusion? Uh, I think it is. Uh, I know that the Pistons organization came out tonight or t- earlier today and said that their options are open. They're looking at two other guys, but I think that that is just to uh, foster any kind of trade consideration. Anyone willing to trade up to uh, to get Cade Cunningham? Who would you say would be the other players to watch for in this year's NBA draft? I think Jalen Green's going to be a monster. I think Jalen Green, um, you look at two G League guys that did not play college basketball. They chose to go the G League route and take the money in the G League. Um, Jonathan Kumanga and Jalen Green are going to be great NBA players. But I think Jalen Green, you guys will see once he gets in the league, he's going. he's got some bounce to him. He's a great scorer, uh, just super explosive. I think that he'll be fun to watch. Wouldn't be surprised if he ended up number two in Houston. And then you look uh, at Evan Mobley out of USC. He's a 6'11", 7-foot big guy, super. He's one of the brothers, right? He was had two he brothers is. there? Yeah. He is. Um, very reminiscent of a, a Bam out of Bayou Mole. So that I think that'll round out the top three, and then don't forget, Sean, your favorite, Jalen Suggs, coming out of the point guard, coming out of Gonzaga, and then uh, Scotty Barnes out of Florida State down there, uh, around your way, Bill. Yeah, I like Suggs a lot. I think Suggs is gonna be a great player. Just got the body, I think, and 
like you said, you, you talk about, I didn't realize Giannis put on 60 pounds. Um, Suggs with about 15 or 20 even uh, makes him a inside outside threat. So cool, man. All right, let's, let's, uh, let's turn the page. Let's go to MLB. Let's get Mal and Todd on the hot seat here. Uh, Major league baseball right now. Uh, here's your leaders, Boston, only one game they're losing right now uh, over Tampa. White Sox, Oakland. Uh, Mets, Brewers, Giants are your leaders. Todd, let's start with you. What are you looking at with the Braves and, and in baseball in general? Uh, what's going on? So, specifically Braves, they have a five-game series with the Mets. <laughs> Huge. Four they're four behind. They won the 5 o'clock doubleheader, seven innings. And it's zero zero in the fourth, the uh, the nightcap doubleheader. So uh, give me you know three four days. Hopefully the Braves are uh, pulled equal with the Mets. Um, it's wide open in the East. Um, we're past July fourth. It's getting serious now in baseball. So um, lock in and uh, pick your pick your race and and follow it. But I think the Braves have a big three four days coming up. So looking forward to watching, see what happens. Mal, I believe you got a big day tomorrow, right? Is tomorrow the day you go with your boys? You're on mute, Anthony. Muting Mal. Yes, Sean, we are headed to the Yankee Rays game tomorrow. Myself, my four boys, uh, my lovely bride, and Dylan's girlfriend, Sarah. So it'll be a nice, it'll be a sixum. I got to, I got to think this is, this is the series that decides whether the, Yankees are in it or out of it, right? The Yankees are out of it, Sean. No matter what they do in Tampa Bay, they're yeah, out they're, of it. They're nine games back right now. The two games that they lost in – Too early, Mel. It's too early. No, they're done. They lost the game with four wild pitches in extra innings <laughs> on one game, and then the game that they lost yesterday was a bit – it was hard. I mean, it was hard to read about. I didn't get to watch it. I just read it, and I was getting sick to my stomach. A no hitter that bad. a no hitter into the eighth, I think, and they lost. The kid pitched as good a game as he's maybe ever going to pitch in his life, right. and every single guy that that touched a baseball from the time he left the game until the game was over sucked. Nobody. The beauty, the beauty of baseball, Mal. There's no shot clock. The time can't expire. Get it, buddy. It's the only keep game. Grinding. Just keep grinding, right? Yeah. To Bill and Shay's point earlier, defense wins championships. It's the only game where the defense has the ball. I get it. It The Yankees have no offense. They have no heart. They hit home runs or they strike out. They're a right-handed team playing in a left-handed. They're going to play half their games in a, in a, in a, in a stadium that's been designed for left-handers since Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig. Yep. And they don't have anybody who can hit the ball that way. You can shift and take their entire offense off the table. They suck. And I hate it. Tortures me to say this. Tortures me. You're, you're oozing terrible. with passion now. You're oozing with so you're passion. Going, so you're going all in on Tampa Bay then, right? Sounds oh. like you're going. Yeah. Sean, you'll get a kick out of this. Interestingly, Dylan has a Derek Jeter jersey, like a a, a – Flannel. It's a it's a nice one, sure. and he's got sure. it, and he brought it with him from from Georgia. But he's got his his Tampa Bay hat is right outside my office. He's going to wear the Jeter jersey and the Tampa Bay hat, and uh, yeah, I'm 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 going rooting for the race tomorrow. I'll just tell you that straight out. Yeah, I will be rooting for the race. I'll be quietly hoping the Yankees don't do terrible, but I'll be rooting for the race. Bill, before you give us your your old man National League insights, give us your Tampa Bay Homer insights. <laughs> well, look, I still don't know how they I don't know how they do it because Anthony, make sure when they show the starting lineup, you know, on the scoreboard when you're at the game live and they show the batting averages next to it, I guarantee you nobody's over 250. They just don't have they don't have <laughs> solid hitting, but it's timely hitting, really good pitching, and great defense. <laughs> it's like Shay was it's back to the defense. They don't make mistakes in the field and they get hits when they need to. It's just, it's unbelievable. And Lyle has 15 or 16, 17 home runs, but he's hitting like 235. So um, yeah, it's, I don't know how to, how to explain the race other than it's a team. Kevin Cash has built a team 
right? Uh, and then the, the uh, like the player development side of the Rays is just super deep. Um, and they traded Rich Hill. I mean, a 41-year-old pitcher who had a ERA in the threes and was pitching very well is now part of the Mets team that Todd's hoping they can hit Rich Hill hard sometime this week. <laughs> When when he brings his his uh his eighty seven mile an hour fastball and his seventy eight mile an hour curve, uh, a la Greg Maddox to the uh, to the ballpark, <laughs> so I'm I'm dying with this uh, double header seven in game, which uh, next year first that, and third they have first and third nobody out. I'm dying as I'm watching this. Well, no, just as a as a as a team, Tampa Bay is batting right now two thirty three. <laughs> and they're they're twenty games over and five, and their and their on base on base percentage is is point uh, three one six. So, yep. and what's the run differential for them? Just curious. Uh, they're up. They're two, uh, up a hundred and something like that. Hang on, let me go back to that because I just had it up. They outscored. Uh, they the are up. They're up ninety two. Yeah. So plus ninety two. It's all about pitching and defense for the Rays, and so. And, and right. Bill, who are their starting pitchers right now? <laughs> they well, Glass now's hurt. Uh, it's Ryan Yarborough and who else? Um, yeah, I can pull them up and tell them to you, but nobody knows who they are. They have no. a they have a, a pitching team, staff. I can't tell you all of them. Yeah, right. Sure. They have a pitching staff that they that they manage exceptionally well. Yeah, they play great defense and they have great pitching. Well, they started something because I see the Mets tonight started a uh, starter. Yes. You know, not a uh, starter, but a uh, opener. Yeah, so a lot of yeah. other teams are taking embracing that strategy. One thing it's a bull a bullpen game for the Mets tonight. I'm watching yeah. the second game. Yeah, it's a bullpen game. One thing yeah. the Rays started it early. They, they he you know he's got a lot of he the way Cash puts it he's got a lot of horses in the bullpen that can all throw 97 to 100, and you just keep going. Be one inning right. Just give me yeah. one inning. It's tough. It's tough. So that's a very it's it's been yeah. fun to watch. I can tell you that. Yep. Uh, over in the senior circuit, Bill, uh, uh, San Francisco is setting the pace right now with 62 wins. Um, Dodgers right on their tail, just two games back uh, with a with a game up in the uh, loss column. Um, Milwaukee stretching their lead. Cincinnati kind of holding pace, but going to have to make you know going to have to sweep a couple series there. Uh, I think the East is is the race to watch. You know, Mets, Phillies, and Braves. Uh, should be a good one. Yeah, I think I think the East would just be kind of mediocre. One of those teams will have to make it because that's what happens is someone has to go. But yeah, I think just get know, there, you know, right? All three teams out of the three teams out of the West are going to be. It'll be two wild card teams out of the West. Yeah, whether it's the Giants and the Padres. Because I don't know if the Giants can hang on. It's just the smoke and mirrors. How are they doing that? But um, but I think you're going to see uh, the West send three teams to the playoffs. Um, and probably um, a good chance the same thing happens. I think I think the Blue Jays are a really really good team. Uh, like that's the team that scares me the most when when the Rays play them with Bichette and Guerrero and Biggio, and then they picked up Simeon. He, he's on. I mean, they got all this these great hitters um, and a lot of good pitching. So you know, I think it's possible that the East, you know, the the wild card game is going to be, you know. Rays, Red Sox, or are I'm sorry, Blue Jays, Rays, or Blue Jays, Red Sox. Yeah, but they're they're eleven games back of Tampa right now, and they're they're uh, telling you they're you know they're they're Boston, behind Oakland and Seattle by six. Yeah, so six I'm telling you, it's a good young team. This is my, yeah. my my dark horse. All right, let's uh, let's hit NFL really quickly, uh, guys. What's going on with Aaron Rodgers? Is he gonna gonna sign? He he. Uh, the reports are he's signing a new deal to release him next year. So he's got one more year with the Packers, then they release him. So, so what does Devonte Adams do? Let's out. They got one more year with him, right? So, Jay, what is it's Devontae a win-win for both clubs? I think. Does he sign? Does he sign for a year or two? Or, <laughs> I mean, I think they got a great, uh, you know, quarterback coming up, and he wants out. So one last hurrah, and then he can go where he wants to go. I think it's probably good for both of the, you know, team and him. Thoughts on Houston Texans uh, report today out of ESPN. Uh, 10. Watson wants to be traded, right? Two women now. Allegations, 10 files complaint. This is where sports meets life. Um, Certainly a strange situation there. He did report to camp, so he wouldn't be fined. Um, What's going on there, guys? What do you, Shay, what are you hearing about? 
Deshaun Watson situation in Houston? Guys, I'll be 100% honest with you. I, I really haven't followed too much football right now. I am just knee-deep in basketball still. Okay. Mm. So it just says 10 women have now filed complaints with Houston police about Texan quarterback Deshaun Watson. So going to be interesting to see what happens there um, and how that shakes out. Obviously, there's so many good young players coming up. And then you got, you know, what I'm really looking forward to is, you know, the, uh, you know, where I live, AFC, AFC North, you know, with, with, uh, with uh, Baltimore and Pittsburgh and Baker Mayfield and, you know, uh, Joey Burrow and going to be going to be fun to watch. I think we start OTAs this week and then guys, college football, not far off. Big news in college football, Oklahoma and Texas. Looks like they might be going to the SEC as early as 2022, pissing some people off. 2025? Okay. Yeah. I'm hearing different things, right? Yeah. Both, yeah, both heard- schools, both schools opted out of their, um, um, their commitment uh, to the uh, the marketing after 2025. Yep. Okay. Hmm. So thoughts on what that could mean on not just a super conference, but what that could mean for the NCAA. Because at some point in time, a shift in power happens where SEC might be able to say, hey, how about you guys just kick bricks and we'll be our own, we'll be our own league. No, um, Sean, I, I think between this and the NIL and quarterbacks making a million bucks before they played a game, uh, college football as we know it over the next three to five to seven years is going to completely change. I agree. Uh, division two and three teams are going to be almost non-existent. There's going to be no money. Uh the, there's going to be the haves and the have-nots in a lot of ways. Uh, many many sports will go by the wayside on some of the on many of the what we now consider to be major college campuses. Yeah, I just, I mean, it's a slippery slope. How can how can we go from not paying kids anything to kids being millionaires within hours? Yeah, Mal, um, and I don't think it starts money. at the top. I think it starts at the bottom. I think it starts at the Players go to a Alabama, Auburn, Florida, Georgia, just to name a few, um, because they can make some scratch. And all of a sudden, some spots open up on the roster at Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, uh, Kentucky, and they get like that, maybe that guy that shouldn't be in a D2 school, let alone a, a SEC program. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens if, you know, there's, I already see like imaginations of, okay, so if, Texas and Oklahoma go to the SEC, and then you know these teams go to the Big Ten. These teams go to the Pac-12, and there's four conferences instead of five, um, with eighteen or twenty teams each. You know where's where's their room on the schedule, right? And, and right now, Sean, we're just talking about the major sport, football. Right. Kansas, that's in the Big Ten, has a lousy football team, but a great basketball team. What Big happens 12. to Kansas? Yeah. Big 12. What happens to Kansas basketball? What happens to some of those? What happens to Villanova basketball? Right. Right. What happens to some of those secondary sports? You just had Mississippi State win a national championship in baseball. What happens on that campus because of all of this? It just, it's a very slippery slope. And I I don't think anybody can predict where it's going to go, but college college sports in general is going to be very different. And I'm not sure any of us who are like on this podcast right now are going to like it all that much. Anthony, I'll speak to your point. Um, as far as basketball goes, we've seen this developing on the basketball end for the last four years, like clearly developing for the last four years. Um, the money that the NBA has put into the developmental league, uh, assigning each team essentially a G League team to yeah. now – players having an option as opposed to going to that North Carolina, that Duke, that Michigan state having an option to go to the G league to, this is the first year you're going to see multiple, multiple lottery picks in the G league. Even the, the step further, even going further down this past week, I don't know if you guys caught it. um, The Nike peach jam, every game of the Nike peach jam is televised on ESPN. We're talking 15 and under 16 and under high school kids are on national 
national screens and they don't have to go to a college anymore to get paid. So why would they? So college sports, the landscape of college sports is completely changing and the NCAA has to get with the times. Hey guys, what are your thoughts? And NIL interesting, like segue two Texas San M players don't know who they are, but signed a agreement with the Aggies.net or whatever they're like inside that they will only talk to them after games. They will not talk to anyone else. $10,000 each. They will not talk to any other. Like, so if ESPN or CBS talks to them, they will not talk to them. Hey, Sean, I'll jump in. Before we address that, they were televising LeBron's high school basketball games back in the day, right? So will it change? Things yes, but I agree. I'm convinced, and maybe I'm naive. I'm not convinced it's the end of college sports as we know it. There's a group of kids that need to go through the college process, and there's a group of kids that need to just go pro immediately and 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 bypass it. Right? I mean, Sean, who was the number one Gator? Um, you know, we had the the number one uh, overall NBA draft pick. That oh yeah, um, Gator basketball. We, he never played it down. Never played a basket for us. Um, right. Kwame Brown, right? Kwame Remember? Brown. It, so it's not new news. Will it change the landscape? Absolutely. I'm not convinced it's the end all be all. Like, I'm not saying it's the end all, Todd, but I am saying it's going to change it dramatically. Absolutely, and, I agree with you. Chase point, but I, I don't think it's the end of the world. Uh, but maybe I'm naive. So. We'll see. I just don't think it's going to be the same. I think Division two and Division three schools are going to have a hard time getting athletes and getting money. Uh, you still have high school players that want to play ball, and then they're, they're going to fill the Division two and Division three landscape. If money, if the money's not there, though, they can't play. But but, those, but the those, money. I got you. I got you. Yep. The money will be there. Not. In a way, the money will be there in a way for a kid that's a star at a D three school. That little Ford dealership down the road is going to give the kid a couple, like a grand a month. Which he wouldn't even. Friday Night Lights, right? Friday Night Lights. Right. Interestingly, a a curator buddy of ours, Sean, sent an email out this week wondering if realtors should begin paying college athletes. Why not? Especially a D3 school? Yeah, have them wear something or have have, have them promote your your business. I mean, I think you're going to see some weird shit at the little schools with a lot of opportunities for those kids to get some spending money, you know, which I hope so. I mean, I just hope it doesn't get overboard. Yeah, I, I don't know. Sean, to your point on that uh, 10000 to speak only to them. So you're telling me ESPN has a multi-million or a billion-dollar signed deal with NCAA basketball or whatever? Yeah, that, that shit ain't going to fly. <laughs> I, I, I don't think it is either, Bill. I, I think that's very difficult that if, you know, whoever that player is makes, you know, three touchdown passes that he says, hey, I can't talk to you guys. I got to talk to Aggies.net first, you know. Um, yeah, that's going to now first first. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. He does a three minute or four minute set with the other one. Then he goes over to ESPN. Eh. Oh, that might work. They can always yeah, cut we'll have to see. Yeah. Let's see. Very, very, going to be very curious. And I, you know, there's a lot of what ifs that we, I don't think we'll know until, until we see the season shake out. Yeah. Let's, let's hit, hit on the Olympics really quick guys. Cause I want to talk about Olympic golf. Uh, big news this week, Bryson DeChambeau. And John Rahm, for the second time, test positive for COVID. They are out of the Olympic golf trials. Um, you know, U.S. team now is Xander Shoffley, Justin Thomas, uh, Colin Morikawa, and Captain America flying over as we speak. Uh, Patrick Reed filling in for Bryson DeChambeau. Bill, huh. your thoughts? My thoughts are great timing doing this when Todd left the uh, podcast for a second. Because <laughs> <laughs> we got to hear Todd go off on testing and vaccinations uh, one more time. <laughs> no, look, um, the rules are the rules. I've been saying this since day one. Every player knew what the rules were. My guess is Ron didn't get a second shot and got sick again. <laughs> just guessing. Yeah. My guess is that's what happened there because he was going to just take his chances again. Same thing with DeChambeau. I don't know why the hell the dude wasn't vaccinated. Um, he's a smart science guy, uh, but if he's sick, he didn't get vaccinated. I'm telling you, right? So anyways, uh, oh, Todd's back. So let's stop talking about the Olympic golf team and the COVID <laughs> testing. <laughs> what? Oh, sorry. We're all done with that topic. Yeah, we're all, you know, they had the last word, so we're all good to go. <laughs> Cameron, Cameron Champ, though, does win up in Milwaukee or in uh, Minnesota. 
Um, great, great. Did you see the way he finished with a with a par on 18? Did you see what he did? Pulled it way, way left. Had to punch through the trees. Made the decision to lay up short. Then hit a wedge eight feet past the hole. Sucked it back to like, you know, 12 inches for the tap in par to win by one. Wow. Uh, 3M championship. So, Mal, I think you shared the stat. Unbelievable. So, on Saturday, the field on holes one through 17, 80 under par. On hole number 18, the field was 35 over par. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And 17 and 18 combined was some crazy number too. Yeah. It was unbelievable how many I, I was watching for like an hour while Ron and I were sitting at this Mexican joint having dinner. And the number of balls I saw in the water was just literally ball after ball after ball in the water. It was unbelievable. That they had ever seen this at the, the ocean course? Oh, <laughs> you meant so, you meant so, okay. <laughs> Oh, any hey, other sports? Todd, hit us up with some soccer. Hey, real quick, uh, I want to talk about golf. Um, so, Harold Varner the third and Cameron Champ uh, endured a lot of pressure that they did not ask for the last two years. Right, being who they are in, in golf. So, I was glad that he won. Um, it's got to be amazing to just want to play golf, and you know the 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 uh, the, the social climate, what it was the last couple of years, um, they endured a lot of things they didn't ask for. So um, it, it was nice. I, I did not follow this weekend's event at all, but uh, my brother-in-law told me that Cameron Champ won. I was like, oh, man, good for him, right? Um, I don't think he's been playing well. I think his shots, um, he was first this weekend and has been like 200 when you look at stats over the last year. So. Um, he putted well, um, he played well, so, uh, super happy for him. So, uh, you actually had other sports, uh, you asked me at, uh, uh, soccer, Sean, I think is what you asked. Yeah. yeah. What's up? What's up? Go on. So gold cup, watch the gold cup. Um, Qatar plays USA and Canada, Canada plays Mexico, uh, this weekend. Um, it's in just another, uh, soccer tournament that makes the, uh, sport fun. Right. Um, Let's let's hoist a trophy if you're rooting for the USA. They didn't qualify for the Olympics nor the World Cup, so let's hope they do well here for sure. Right on. Anything else we're missing, boys? Anything else you want to ch- chat about? Any other sports? Bill, tennis is in a lull until U.S. Open in uh, three more Although, weeks, I think. You know, there you got uh, Naomi Osaka is back. She's playing tennis again because uh, she she lit the flame uh, at the opening ceremony in Japan and. She won her first match against a Chinese player, and she's trying to go for gold in Japan, which uh, which would be great for her. So, hey, Bill, were you surprised Hideki wasn't part of that ceremony? Um, well, didn't he get? Wasn't he, isn't he sick? He's out. I think he has COVID. Is that why? Okay, yeah, he's, he's under the COVID protocol. Otherwise, he would have been there. Okay, absolutely. That's why I was I was surprised. I didn't know that he was. He tested sure, he was sure he was part of it. But uh, yeah, same thing. Wouldn't get the shots. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> All right. Any other sports? Let's go around the horn then. Shay, start us off, buddy. What do you got coming up this week? So good to have you back on the show, by the way. It's good to be here, guys. It's good to be here. Today is uh today we're recording this on Monday. I leave out on Wednesday, headed to New York. I'm gonna see if I can catch the little mad day. Uh midday businessman special with the uh the Mets and the Braves on Thursday. Go Braves. Um, but uh NBA draft Thursday at the Barclays Center. So excited about that. Are you going for that? Are you gonna be there? Yeah, I'll be there. You're gonna be at the at the draft. Well, that's still questionable. <laughs> I'll be around I'll be dealing with some NBA doings around the draft. So Okay. Nice. Yeah. You'll be you'll be like one of those uh those Giants fans when they announce the player you're like who yeah, we love him. <laughs> <laughs> I won't go that far. We, uh, I've got, I've got a guy that's uh, bones, bones, man. I've got a guy that uh, coming out of VCU, so he's looking uh, scheduled late first round, early second round. So it'll be awesome. To see where he actually goes. And Are you working? You're working with him. Yeah. Beautiful. Good. 
Good for you. That's that's my new favorite NBA potential player. Yep. Bone. I'm just going to say the same thing, Sean. I'm only yep. for one NBA player. Jonathan, this other kid. <laughs> Love it. Send us his deets and we'll uh we'll NIL him some money. Um, we'll Venmo him. <laughs> we'll Venmo him. Let's we'll Venmo him some money. Back a player. Or is that what we're going to do? Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. <laughs> what do you got coming up this week, bud? Uh, a little bit of work, a little bit of play. Um, Got a couple of listings coming on. We have uh, one, two, three, four closings. Uh, Eric is uh, now he he. I don't want to say he suffered through the the lull, but uh, he never stopped building relationships, solving problems, having fun, getting up, showing up, and doing the work. And uh, over the last three weeks, he's put about four and a half million dollars under contract uh, with. His clients just raving about the extra effort that he's put in during these more challenging times. So that's been, don't ever hear this, but he's working his tail off and it's been awesome to watch. Uh, one more sports thing. I don't know if you guys saw it, but have you seen the the video of Tom Brady yes. throwing the football into the ball thrower thing? So is, it, is that for real? Is it, it's not doctored? It's, it's definitely real. Uh, if <laughs> I, I, have you seen I, Shay? I, Shay, have you seen this? Wow. I mean, it's, it's so he's cool. 40, he's 40 some odd years old and his accuracy is pretty damn amazing because he got the ball. He got to think to throw the ball back at him three times. Uh, so uh, Tampa Bay is excited about our raise. We're excited about the Bucks getting started again. And uh, we're just going to get up, show up and do the work until Saturday and Sunday when we play some golf, Sean. That's, that's the week. Perfect. Perfect. Top D, what's up in the ATL? Oh, a lot, Sean. So heading to um, Middle Georgia this week. Uh, I got some great, great uh, meetings planned on Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, super looking forward to it. Uh, I'm trying to build the business and acquire market share. Uh, it, it's, it's what we do, right? So uh, one of the reasons I love being here every week is – um, I need to surround myself with people that I admire and respect, and um, we don't always agree, but um, we can have a great discussion. So love being here. And the fact that Shea Brewer is with us tonight, uh, just just genius, right? Um, a perspective that I admire, uh, none of us can, um, can, can speak to, so... Uh, I'm I'm grateful and have gratitude that Shay joined us tonight and uh, always a great week uh, being with you guys, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Right on, Todd. Bill. And I follow Todd once again. We got to really change this up because he's such a wonderful, sweet man. And I'm not. (laughs) I'm not. (laughs) Um, Let's see. This week, uh, back to work week. I had last week off. So back to work, just trying to get caught up. And um, we got you know, some new episodes coming out or repeats on the yeah, uh, podcast. The it's it's I think you you knew it was, you know it was coming eventually, right, Sean? I uh, every summer uh, for the last three or four years uh, I take a break, so I, I celebrate the the seventh anniversary. <laughs> Is it seventh? Sixth anniversary. Wow. Sixth anniversary of the Real Estate Sessions podcast is, is August first start my seventh season, <laughs> August 1st. Wow. I'm going to take a few weeks off. I've already queued up tomorrow's episode of the Real Estate Sessions Rewind with episode 24 from 2016. And that is Jeff Chalmers because wow, wanted Very to put cool. Chalmers on there. You heard Chalmers from five, almost five years ago <laughs> and it's uh, or a little over five years ago. And it's, it's pretty, it's pretty good. So and then I'll, I'll I'll choose a few others. I might take uh, I might take August off, um, but continue to put those episodes out there, right? That, uh, that 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 people haven't heard yet because the show's been around so long. You know, sure. got a backlog that's that's pretty deep. The randings randings ravings will continue. Those are uh, very low effort. It's just me laughing my ass off at Joe Rand for for half an hour. <laughs> it's, so it's pretty easy to. Uh, to, to get those out. So we'll continue that. And we, we, we batch record those anyways. So that's, a, that's what's going on. And, you know, I, I just found out today I'm going to NAR's IOI. You know what, you know what I'm talking about there, Sean or Anthony? Yeah, Dallas. Innovation 
Yeah, in Dallas, right? Investments in Dallas, yeah, two-day affair there. I'll be at a Remax broker owner conference. I'm going to um, check with Chalmers because he might be going down to it. I'll check. Yeah, um, yeah. I'll be in Austin for the broker owner conference. I'll be in Dallas. I'll be in um, spit this one out. Oh, I'll be in Florida for just about a week uh, to for the Florida Association of Realtors. You know, meet and greeting and talking to a lot of brokers in Florida. So super busy. And the travel schedule just is jammed until about December. Yeah, yeah. bar camp, bar camp coming up too. Yeah, yeah. So that's all part of that. So busy, busy, busy. Good. Well, guys, I have a busy week ahead. I have. I was counting my my things. I I think between now and Christmas, I have nineteen trips planned. Mm. Um, some are personal uh, to get Ryan from Oklahoma to get him down to Mississippi State to get Mom from Montana. A lot of a lot of speaking opportunities. Uh, I get up early tomorrow morning, go to Cincinnati for three days, uh, 18 coaching gigs on the uh, schedule, uh, with some top agents. So I'll be, you know, if I, if I put the 18 agents I'll be working with together, if I combine their sales, we're looking at about close to 400 million in real estate sales between those 18 agents. So pretty impressive group of people I'll be talking to, uh, and, and here's the cool thing, um, much like a Shea Brewer or a Todd Meininger, just humble people who just show up every day, do the, show up, get up and do the work, right? Just, you know, um, just agents that just love taking care of their customers and clients. So that'd be a ton of fun. And then, uh, guys, we're, we're almost done with July. Can you believe that? Mm. Almost done with July. And uh, nice to see things getting back to where we belong. Shay, so good to have you back on with us today, brother. Anthony, Todd, Bill, always good to chat with you guys. On behalf of these four guys, I'm Sean Carpenter, and thanks for listening to The Stare Down.